life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. There's a little girl dropped a pair of sunglasses at some point and they're tiny sunglasses that are clearly for like a five-year-old. I love that song. Tiny sunglasses. sunglasses. (laughs) It's a great song. (laughs) Was that Elton John? It was. Oddly enough, that's related (laughs) because all day long people were calling me Elton Jim because... You told this story on on our show. But it's fine. This is the next part of it. (laughs) Well, let's tell it into the microphone. I was wearing wearing these... Not that we've started yet. Yeah, I was wearing these sunglasses (laughs) all day today and repeatedly... People were coming up to me and going, "Those are really, those are really nice glasses." But they weren't. Well, they're not glasses anyway. They're plastic things. But (laughs) and they're for a kid. And also, they're clearly for a kid. And you're working. Yeah, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, you told that story yesterday, literally Uh, twenty-four hours ago. I want to talk about uh, Bates Hotel. (laughs) Did you talk about Bates Hotel also? You told that exact story. Yeah. People could listen to our show and hear you tell that exact same story. See, now they can hear it in both places. <laughs> oh, man. They can hear how you fabricated, exaggerated in the last 24 <laughs> yeah. hours. And then this one lady Didn't made make it love any to me because so. she loved the sunglasses so much. No. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Road Stories, everybody. I am your host, Murray Valeriano. Uh, coming to you a little late this week. Um, if you're downloading it now. Or immediately when it goes up. Sorry, we're a little behind. I guess you are downloading it now. Oh, I guess you downloaded it earlier and you're listening now to you're it now. Listening to it. You're right. <laughs> you can. Some people can download. So what did you think, everybody? <laughs> Good show, right? Um, just had a couple, a uh, couple misscheduling problems. My wife's birthday was yesterday. Took up a whole lot of time. Um, but here we are. What back in the saddle. What back in. Hey, she was nice to you. Yeah, I know, I know. Birthdays. What a birthday is what I was saying. Oh, okay. The B was, was for birthday. What did right. you think I was saying? <laughs> oh, Murray, terrible. <laughs> this is what I was what saying the other day guy. when we had that big fight I was <laughs> telling you about. Um, hey, I saw that uh, I think everybody got their recent orders of T-shirts. Um, according to my file keeping, everybody got it. <laughs> but if you didn't get it, shoot me back an email. Let me know. And you guys... If I remember, are those those Hanes undershirts that you just sell for some reason? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I buy them for ten bucks and then I sell them for five each. Oh, nice! You guys will be leaving uh, with t-shirts today. Mm. Sweet. If I remember, <laughs> because I tend right. to forget. Right. Let's make sure you remembers. So I think maybe two out of ten shows I remember. So are these the I Blue Murray t-shirts that <laughs> I see people watching? The, uh, and, and the Ask Me How pens. <laughs> <laughs> I Blue Murray, Ask Me How. <laughs> so get those. And a uh, real quick plug, because I forgot to plug this last week. I was uh, on a very funny podcast um, that uh, Matt Belknap and Pat Francis from Never Not Funny, along with Gary Lucy do. It's called uh, Never Not Funny Presents Rock Solid. It's a music comedy podcast. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. Yep. Indeed. Yep. Uh, it's great. I love it. I listen to it all the time. And uh, they do. They have topics like uh, bands that begin with E, and then they play their favorite bands that begin with E, or songs that have love in the title, all that stuff. I was on, we did all TV themes. Oh, when perfect. I was on. Yeah, it perfect. was a good show. It was fun. I saw you guys put together your Dream Beatles albums. Uh, oh, if it were only that easy, Paul Coble. <laughs> um, <laughs> we put together the Dream Beatle album if the Beatles didn't break up using the Beatles solo material. Oh my goodness. You know who first had that idea? 
Who's that? John Lennon. John Lennon, when the Beatles broke up, he was talking to some fan. Why don't you get back together? And he goes, look, if you like the Beatles, here's an idea. Take what you like, the best song that you like from my albums, from Paul's, because we all get to do what we want now. And really, it's the same thing. So just pick the, your favorite songs and make your own Beatles album. Well, John wasn't cool. available. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have any Ringo songs on yours? Oh, yeah. We had, we had, we had, a, uh, we had to have at least one Ringo. My favorite Ringo song is actually I'm the Greatest. Oh, yeah. Which is off, uh, I'm not sure what record it's off of, but that that song is written by John Lennon. Yeah, and, yeah. And he sings on it. And you can tell it's a John Lennon song because one of the lyrics is, I was in the greatest show on earth for what it was worth. Nice. That could not be more of yeah. a John Lennon lyric. And he sings, I am the greatest. This is John. Yeah. <laughs> I am the greatest. Well, let's get to, uh, so so go to uh, Never Not Funny Presents Rock Solid Download. It was really fun. We fought over the the rules changed every five minutes. It was, it was very fun. It <laughs> awesome. was great. So go check that out. But before you do that, we got. A, I got a couple of great guys on. Ah, the show too late. Running. They left. <laughs> God, God. They're already oh, downloading man. the other show. Um, and nobody picked that Ringo song, by the way. No. Um, we got a couple of great guys on here. I'm really stoked to have them. Uh, uh, I've waited too long uh, to have them on. It's been far too long. From the Paul Goebel show, collectively, <laughs> plus very funny stand-ups on their own. Oh, um, not sitting, together. Sitting across from me, who showered for this? I did. Um, I don't know about you, Paul. Nope. Okay. I haven't showered for days. <laughs> All right. Uh, the very funny Jim Bruce. Hey, everybody. Boo. <laughs> ah, it's like a real show that I've done. I've it's never, just like a stand-up show. I've never yeah. had anybody boo a guest who was uh, on the same show with him. Yeah. That's great. Well, I don't. I, if I boo him on my show, it gets confusing. So I boo him on every other show. Okay. Yeah, and that makes more sense. And it doesn't make sense on our show because it's already the cacophony of boos for you and me from other shows. <laughs> We're talking over so many boos already. <laughs> and then uh, the booer himself. <laughs> I'm quite the booer. All the way from the valley. Thank you for making the drive. <laughs> oh, the pleasure's it. mine. You might know him as the king of TV. Probably. Paul Goebel. Thank you. Hooray! Aw. It's that kid from the interjection song. That's right. Hooray, I'm for the other team. Aw, when you're happy. Hooray! <laughs> Drats. I love that. Um, uh, the king of TV. By the way, you tried to get the king of mattresses? Yeah. He wasn't here. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's hard to get. <laughs> there is, if you go out... Um, I don't know why I'm afraid to give where I live because I, I'm going to get stalked. I don't know why oh, I have yeah. four listeners on this show. But everybody's, everybody's that's the guy to. who gets stalked. Is right? The guy, the guy, the guy, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. And they still and they still incarcerate the wrong person. <laughs> um, there is, and every time I pass it because I have to get on the 405, there is Phil, the king of TV. Yeah, over the, there. The right. But he's flat screens. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Pe people often ask me, are you the guy from those commercials? And I go, no, because that's another guy. He sells TVs. Well, what if he doesn't? Here's business. the thing. He's the king of flat screens. But what if he doesn't sell flat screens, but he does just what you do? But for some <laughs> reason, he thinks he has to say, well, I only answer questions about shows you can watch on a flat screen. And everybody's like, that's all shows. And he's just very argumentative about that. You know what that is? That's a hook. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a, I then, think you missed then, a boat on that. While he does that, and he ends up selling a flat screen. Yeah, because they go, "Well, is can you watch this? Can you watch the Shield on a flat screen?" And he goes, "Not only can you, but," and he goes into all the features. Right. <laughs> ends up selling him a flat screen. Guy's so a much. Genius. I would listen. More to I would listen Tom to that Griffin, podcast. King of Antenna TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that guy had his day. That guy <laughs> had his day. Old rabbit ears, they used That's to call right. them. Yeah. Old rabbit ears. I'm trying to remember where 
we met and I don't remember at all. So fuck that. We'll move right on. I think Paul, the first time I met you was at a stand-up show. Yeah. I Oh, you know what? I do remember uh, running into you at a place called Room 5 years and years ago. Oh, that's right. Up above Amalfi. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And I made, and I, and I was thinking about this today as I was preparing for the podcast because I do that. Um <laughs> That's I made peculiar. I made a WKR. You went up, mm-hmm. and you did some jokes about the Flintstones, I believe. Sure. And um, I went up and I did a WKRP in Cincinnati reference, which I still do. Nice. And <laughs> I still just, do the Flintstones just to a flat line. And then I riffed something about, oh great, well let's get Paul Goble up here, the king of TV, to ruin WKRP for us too, like you did <laughs> the Flintstones or something. That's how I remember. That was the first nice. time I remember meeting you. Good stuff. Good and stuff. Jim, I don't remember where I met you. I remember seeing you guys at Bridgetown last yeah, year. It might have yeah. been. I was just Jim you at Brent, Bridgetown. I but I'd fir- known you before then. The but fir- yeah, we had met before and maybe through Walker. Uh, oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Walker and I have worked on a bunch of ridiculous projects together. Mm-hmm. And it's possible you were brought in on one or you just were familiar. I don't know. Uh, Walker Ewell is a uh, friend, yeah. surfing friend of mine, actually. Yeah. Who's it might have been the first time when you did our show. That might have been when you, when you met Jim. Sure. When you did our show back in my uh, old apartment that right. I lived in, the most awkward podcast I've ever been on. By the probably, way, probably yeah, really. I was Everybody uncomfortable. No, no, <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I don't want to go into it now. We, but it was just very uncomfortable. There was a lot of. Well, back then, I was uh, recently divorced, uh-huh. and I was living in a one bedroom apartment that I had my kids in. Half Which the I time. think one of them was your wife. I thought one of them was your wife. When well, I you thought in. one of my kids was my yeah, wife. Yeah. So there's awkwardness right there. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So I'm I was like, very sad. Him. This guy likes him young. <laughs> and I was getting out a lot of my aggressions via the podcast. This okay. is my podcast. We'll remember that back in the day. So I would often, and I think because you were one of the, because I didn't really know you all that sure, well sure. at the time. And I was like, oh, you're happily married? What's that like? <laughs> and so there was a lot of the, I remember a lot of the podcast was about that being happily. you. Oh, and we talked about like you had a, you had a dream about an old girlfriend and you told your wife about it and she got mad. I remember we had that conversation. Oh, really? Something Ooh. like that. And I was like, yeah, the women are dumb, right? Oh, great. I'm, my wife listens to this. You're going to start uh, the fight all over again. That's yes, awesome. Bring it up all the over. origin of our sign-off comes from those days because... Little, give us have, your sign-off for the listeners who have not started listening. At the end of the show, I, I say thank you for listening and go fuck yourself. Oh. And I've said that for a couple years. But ago. I remember vividly the day he did it and then i i you know my only contribution was that i insisted he had to say it every week now because <laughs> he was so frustrated with just life it was like work's tough the wife is being brutal things are just not and i'm in this terrible apartment and he's doing the podcast he's not in the mood he's like at the end of it he goes ah Anyway, I guess nah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and he meant it in every way, but he was really—it was one of those where you yeah. knew he was mainly talking to himself, right? Right. And, and uh, I thought, what a beautiful sign-off for our stuck. show. Yeah. And it stuck. And things are much happier these days. Oh, what, are you kidding me? I couldn't be any happier. The what? sun's shining. Well, it was today. Now it's nighttime. <laughs> no, it was yeah. a beautiful day. But yeah, I'm I, I'm in a better place now. Certainly, I just I just got laid off. But it's <laughs> <laughs> considering how many Americans are out of work. But I the other thing too is he got laid. Off from a job that he that shouldn't have lasted this long, so it's a testament to Paul's skill. Sure, right? sure, it was a temporary yeah, yeah. thing anyway. Made a good fat lot of money. He didn't like. It wasn't like, oh, did you hear what Paul sexist crazy thing Paul said? Right, or, I didn't right. get fired. They, yeah, 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 I got laid off. They kept him if they could. Sure. They so. couldn't. They couldn't afford me. Anymore. And they're not going to yeah. move forward with a sexual harassment lawsuit. <laughs> no, so that's comfortable which they for had everybody. plenty of reason to. I said so much crazy <laughs> shit at that job, like. 
every, like one time, everybody I worked with there was much younger than me. And this one guy, Casey, I said something one day and he goes, you know, every once in a while I think to myself, is Paul crazy? I think Paul might be crazy. And then he says things like that. And I go, yeah, he's crazy. Cause that's what I was. I was that crazy old guy who had a bunch of stories yeah. and it would say shit and you'd go, is that a real thing? Or is he just a crazy old man? And they were, I would tell them the story about when Leslie Mann called me a fucking asshole to my face. And they were all <laughs> like, Oh, what? I can't believe it. Like, you know, right. like th- that guy, it was almost like, you know, when you were in high school and one of the old guys from high school would come and tell you stories. Honestly, you know, like, you know who you are. You're Nate. Paul and I used to work with this guy oh, who right, was yeah. uh, right. who had writ was an original writer from Saturday Night Live uh-huh. who was involved in writing a lot of brilliant early sketches that there's no way anyone remembers now because sure. he's such an old man. Like he wrote a famous Nixon sketch, <laughs> but he was crackers. Yeah, oh yeah. And now, and he was his career was clearly on a downslide because he was working with us. Right. And he was the old man in our office, but he had a bunch of great stories and he would do crazy shit that he could get away with. One day, just because we he was of sort of frustrated at something, somebody, oh, the checks were late because we were going to get, it was payday, but the checks okay. were late because of a little snafu. So he took a, a two-liter bottle of Pepsi and dumped it on a keyboard. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's reasonable. That's a reasonable. I, 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 I've got to be one, maybe two years from that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because I am now, we were talking about this before, I am now the old guy in the yeah. writer's room. and uh, I think the way old guys go is this, because I'm going in the opposite direction, but there's two versions of crazy you're, old guys. You're Devo, you're de-evolution what do you do you're aging backwards kind of because like the two things is the old guy becomes the guy who will not tolerate anything (laughs) i'm turning into the old man who who just kind of will tolerate everything because i'm just like well uh, i I don't like that they set me on fire but that's just kind of what people do (laughs) (laughs) because really after a long time you see so much nonsense from people that one of the two things, and my thing is just like, oh, I guess people are just going to keep being ridiculous. Okay. Well, that's a good attitude to have, yeah. though, man. Yeah. That's a good attitude to have. That's right before good you times. go really insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul. I think they appreciate that. I have yes, a question buddy. for you, sir. Uh-huh. And uh, by the way, tonight's episode is sponsored by Sierra Nevada Ruthless Rye. It's pretty good. Um, picked it up at Whole Foods for $97 a six-pack. Mm. Um, man, but it's Jim really good. Jim can get you a, a discount on that. Okay. Not at Whole Foods. It's oh. good. It's really good. I, I'm, I'm uh, very happy with it. I've it been, I've been off the booze for a while, so uh, I was happy to get a six-pack for tonight. Uh, Paul. <laughs> yes. and, and by the way, my show's not really sponsored by anybody. Uh, <laughs> not like somebody at Sierra Nevada is going to listen to it and then send me a case. That would be nice. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, you, I believe, got started with a few Road Stories uh, alum uh, comedians, if I'm not mistaken. Like uh, like Graham, Graham Elwood. Elwood. Now you're from Arizona? Yeah, and so is Jim. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, Jim so and I, I went s- to high school together. Oh, get out of here. I, yeah, for some reason, how... I thought you were Chicago, Jim. Well, w- yes, and I so obviously... Paul. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Right. Jim and it's I went to high school. I got to lay off the ruthless rye. I'm it's a little all confused. conflated. I'll, okay. I'll go back. Jim and I went to high school together. We've known each other since we were like juniors in high school. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I graduated and went to the University of Arizona, and of course, still kept in touch with Jim, who had to get a job because his, his mom kicked him out. He didn't have the luxury of going to college at that time. Sure, sure. But that's where I met Graham. Okay, Graham Elwood. At the University of Arizona. And then so the three of us started working together. But I met Graham at the same time because Graham yeah. 
when they were going to college and I was trying to not be homeless, <laughs> there was a club there called Laughs. It's still sure, there. Sure, sure. And it's a good, honest, shitty club, but it's fine for Tucson and it's great. But we saw Graham. I'm sure we saw one of his first sets ever, which was horrific. Sure. Yeah, we were all pretty terrible. And beautifully so. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw him uh, not yeah. used to having equipment. Yeah, so I'm giving Jim signals on the thing. Yeah. He's, he's, either, he's either yelling it or he's now it's mouthing too over crazy. It. So, so, Matt Graham, so yeah, Matt Graham, and then and then we also hooked up with our friend Tim Bennett. And oh, then, I know, I've met Tim. Yeah, yeah, and he and he and Graham still work together closely sure. and stuff. So then the four of us moved to Chicago oh, almost okay. as a group, and then we did stuff there as a group called Fancy Ketchup, and then uh, and then the four of us moved to L.A. You guys are fancy ketchup. We are fancy yes, ketchup. Yes, we are fancy ketchup. Us I two. had no idea. That's yes. amazing. I've heard of fancy ketchup. I obviously don't know much about him if I didn't know four of my three of my friends were in it. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, so then we moved out here as fancy ketchup and we did shows here and we did improv and sketches Ooh. and stuff like that. And eventually we said, Okay, this is we've done enough. Now. Right. And honestly, fancy because, mustard came along and fucking yeah. just took your whole well, audience. Yeah, we all achieved uh, different levels of success in our own way. Mm-hmm. Graham, the funny thing is, you know, Grant in college, Graham used to play the game show host and all our sketches. We were in a sketch group called Comedy Corner, okay. which is still uh, in existence at the U of A. I believe it's the longest running sketch college sketch group in the country. Oh, wow. It's been around for a very, very long time. Gary Shandling did stand up there. Who? <laughs> He's a comedian. I, uh, that's that's I'm, how long they've been around. Okay. Did he start uh, in Chicago? Well, he went to he went to the University of Arizona. Oh, right, right. He's he's from Tucson, and he was uh, I think he was studying architecture there at U of A, but he did stand up there. So that's how long they've been around. But we uh, we we started there, and Graham used to be he used to play the game show host sure. when we do game show parodies, and then of course we moved to L.A. and he became a game show host. Right, right, right. And I always thought that was so great that he was played the game shows, and then he became the real game show host. I thought, that is crazy. Now, how would a yeah. fancy... Give me how, give me a rundown of a fancy catch-up show. Um, yeah, well, well... Imagine yourself not laughing for 45 minutes to an hour. Listen, I'm 20 minutes in. All right, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was always well very aggressive comedy it was very yeah. aggressive yes. because we were in our 20s and sure. we were unpleasant fellows we thought anyway. we were hilarious right, and, right. and we did certain things that i look back on and i still think well that was fucking brilliant sure but we also did stuff that at the time i i also thought was brilliant that i now think is horseshit sure. oh yeah yeah and it and the thing we did primarily is you go see a fancy ketchup show and you would for sure see something crazy funny, crazy offensive, and then something that wasn't so good because mm-hmm. it was just very uneven. And we insisted we were doing that thing of like, well, nobody's the director, right, which is sure. dumb in sketch comedy. Somebody should be in charge. But we weren't going to let anybody else in. And then we sure as shit weren't going to look at any of the other guys and go, oh, yeah, it's Tim or whatever. Well, right, that wasn't right. going to happen. Yeah. So there was a lot of just aggressive unnecessary unpleasantness combined with some really rocket fuel alcoholism (laughs) that made for some great shows. But there were sketches that were, I think, fantastic. There was a sketch we did where it was called, and back in the day, like now it would be kind of cute, but Mm -hmm. back then was kind of cutting edge, which was called I'm Not Gay. Mm -hmm. And the premise was Paul, Tim, and myself were roommates. And, um... Tim gets something in the mail, and it's a copy of The Advocate. Mm -hmm. And he said, 
and he gets nervous. He says, "Well, I'm not gay. I just happen to own. I just really like the magazine." And we and we could all go, "Yeah, yeah, sure. That doesn't yeah. mean anything." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then it would escalate from there. And then the ultimate thing would be is like. Paul, of course, would say, well, I love having sex with men. Sure, right, sure. Right, right, and right. I'm deeply committed to the man I'm with. And then but at does the that end, make me gay? And then and then at one point, I remember one line was, and what if I was gay? Does that mean I'm gay? Right. Like it got that ridiculous. <laughs> so then the end of it, which at the time, I don't know that anybody had done, certainly nobody had done it the way we did it. Tim says something and he just wants to be understood. And I go, see, I get it because you're, and then he goes, that's all I want is to be understood. And we have a moment and then we just make out hard. Right. right. Yeah. No joke. They would just full on mouth kiss. And it was always great because sometimes people would be like, ah, that's the greatest. They up the ante. Sometimes people would be like, ah, that's, hey, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. They went too far now, two guys kissing. I remember one time we did it, because when we used to do our own shows, like at improv festivals or whatever, people thought it was great. It was like the best ending to the sketch. But then one time we did it at the Funny Firm, which was an actual comedy club. Yeah. And there were people there who wanted to see, you know, stand-up comedy sure. and stuff, and they were not down. And that all. was great. And I'll tell you my favorite thing that ever happened. Max Muchnick was in that uh, was in that uh, audience really? and started Will and Grace based off of that sketch. <laughs> That's right. All right. That's right. We, I can go toe-to-toe with the king of TV. Well done, sir. We did it one day at a thing. I don't know why we were there. That We did a tiny show. It wasn't a lot of sketches. We would do one or two scenes at a gay bar one time. And they, and the people who went there, who at at that time were gay, living in Chicago in the '90s, so certainly weren't accepted by much of any sure, sure. part of society, went crazy, loved it, and then some person leaned into the doorway, just some Chicago idiot, I'm sure with a mustache, and went, <laughs> "You people are disgusting." And Paul, I always remember this because I always remember certain things Paul does that are so fucking brilliant. He go, he goes to the mic, he goes. Stop it. You're scaring the gays. And the <laughs> audience, of course, because Paul was actually embracing the audience, went crazy. Sure. And we were champs. That's and, awesome. And I think a lot of times people thought, these guys are like the greatest gay improv group ever. But of course, none of us were gay. And I, I don't think we're gay today. Well, you know why that are is. We? Huh? Are we, are we gay now? Well, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, you know why they thought that is because anybody who knows comedy thinks all improv groups are gay. That's uh, true. Come on. No, I'm just Most kidding. Most of them are. I actually started off uh, doing improv and sketch also. And it's funny you mentioned the whole not designating a director because we did that same thing. We actually got to a, a, a TV pilot and that whole scenario of like yeah. no leader just killed us. Right. And we lost it. Yeah. And you know who I blame? Monty Python. Oh right, yeah. Because you all you think well, Monty Python did it. Why can't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, every I blame credit, Monty Python because originally they were our director. <laughs> <laughs> their their credits were Monty Python, written, conceived, and performed by Voom in the yeah. full list. Yeah, but I think even then, I you know I bet even then Terry uh, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam was probably sort of the director yeah, because yeah. he was in so few sketches, right? And he was the, he was responsible for stringing them all together. Sure, I bet he was still the kind of the guy who they let like. The other piece thing it too together. is you don't realize it when you're in the middle of it, but 
we were funny. We wrote funny sketches, sure. no doubt about it. And eventually, you I must ended miss up, those days. Yeah, I, <laughs> I miss up, being funny. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I eventually wrote sketches that have appeared on a television screen. Not uh, that that's so great, but the one thing that no, you never I know s- a lot of my a lot of my listeners are young comics. They they think that's great. So yeah. yes, isn't it funny how young people think that's very impressive? <laughs> they think even when you say don't, don't squash, they're in their twenties. Don't squash their dreams. Kind of, yeah. Don't squash their dreams. Where I was working, these guys were impressed that I was on Wikipedia. They were like, what? You have your own Wikipedia page? And I was like, yes. It's not that big a deal, sir. My friend Steve Schneider was a hilarious comic the other day. He said, just this offhanded joke. He goes, you know, I looked on Wikipedia and Jazz Hands has a Wikipedia page. Just Jazz Hands. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But, But the thing I don't think you realize, and like if any young aspiring sketch comedians, my Pete Marietta, who very, very successful man, Tried to help us to this idea that never quite worked, but for us, because we were too stupid to take the advice, or maybe we just didn't want to, but it was like, it's not enough to just write sketches. All the big successful ones had a thing, an overarching whatever. Like, if it's SCTV, it's the overarching thing that we're a television network. Sure. If it's kids in the hall, they had a unified vision, and our only unified vision was in our unpleasantness towards each other and others and that's not a selling point in tv we call that an umbrella right an umbrella yes. is your overall archie yeah and yeah we, i mean i think at one point we decided our umbrella was world domination well, it's which, not bad yeah but worked, we did it right good but for anyway. madonna it worked good for madonna True. and you know the thing hilarious. was we never wrote to it because it was just like oh that's kind of cool and then you forget about it but then if you're going to do that yeah. you got to write to it which is i don't know the closest was. thing is we just wanted to bully people into being dominated by us <laughs> we were we were unpleasant so early fancy catch-up in az that's what I call Arizona. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, worked office, you worked laughs. You worked laughs. Uh-huh. Uh, did you kind of tour around AZ for a little bit? The local, the cl- did you do colleges? Well, we would, as, well, as fancy, we didn't b- become fancy ketchup until we moved to Chicago. Oh. So, oh, it was, but in AZ, yeah. it was some stand-up. It was like AZ? going to Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> oh, okay. Going to- <laughs> yes. Going to Phoenix, going to little clubs. Little around, clubs. My favorite. Town. You guys are just tooling around stand-up? Yeah. Before yeah. Fan- okay. And going to like, because like, you know, every bar and every little shithole uh, surrounding Tucson and Phoenix would have a comedy night. Sure. And they would say, yeah, drive up and, and do this and we'll pay you 40 bucks. And there, we'll cover your gas. The right. best gig I ever got was, I, I think it might have been in Flagstaff, which was for military. And it was a fantastic show because they were guys stuck on a base who were as grateful as hell sure. to see a show. And I wasn't. Prior to that, I hadn't been much of a drinker, and I just remember them making sure that I drank enough. <laughs> and it was a great show. Uh, God bless the military. Yeah. Good time. The other thing that happened was when my mother died, Paul and a bunch of people organized a tribute. Not mm-hmm. a tribute, but they didn't know my mom, but they uh, fundraising to bury my mother. Okay. she was still, I just had to still keep her in my car at that point. <laughs> um, and we were like, dude. Well, you gotta change this. You gotta raise some money so you can bury her, or, or at, at least get, get a, a new car, <laughs> get a station wagon. <laughs> so uh, they yeah, organized this thing to raise money, and it was people doing stand-up, just locals. Uh-huh. And there was this crazy, strong, aggressive audience member there who who would shake your hand for a day, right. just kind of hold your hand. And at one point, he goes, "Hey, I just between us, did your mom really die?" <laughs> what? <laughs> What kind of scam? 
He goes because he goes from town to town and runs that game. Yeah, runs Tells the old. People, oh, I just got here and my mom died. Can Let's guys, do a comedy show. You guys put on a show. For he, he watched the say 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 video from Paul McCartney <laughs> and Michael Jackson. Like I'm <laughs> on to something. Only with a dead mother. <laughs> with a dead mom. Hey, it comes back to Paul McCartney again. Jesus Christ, that's that's weird. Everything comes back. I to was McCartney. in. Uh, I was working up at, and I don't think I told this story uh, on the show before. And if I do, I apologize to my listeners. I was working at Laughs Unlimited, which I do a lot, um, and. Uh, I went to I, I go to a bar uh, across the street from the condo one night. You know, every night I'm there, and I just <laughs> get just tanked, man. And the bartender knows me there, and some dude started talking. He was at the show, which kind of sucked because I kind of wanted to get away from the bar at the club. I didn't right. want to, but he's like, "Oh, you're really funny and everything." And somehow the uh, uh, topic of arm wrestling came up. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I said, listen, dude, I am not. I got good upper body strength, but I'm a terrible arm wrestler. But I said, and I said, I don't know. And I just went. But I tell you what, I'll arm wrestle any woman in this bar. Oh, you were like the Andy Kaufman of arm wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. And I swear <laughs> to God, some sort of merchant marine type that were docked outside of Sacramento, oh. and they were all in that bar that night. And I swear to God, as soon as I said it, hand on the shoulder, let's do it. <laughs> It was this bruiser of a woman, and she just fucking oh, <laughs> done, just nice. whooped my ass and arm. That just, that I don't know. That great. handshaker made me think of that. That's so. Great. I woke up the next morning, and my shoulder was sore. Like Sweet. she was a bruiser. She knew what she was doing. Uh, she she goes in that bar every night waiting for somebody yeah, to exactly. say that. Cannot wait till we dock in off of Sacramento she again. Puts her hand out and waits for someone to say time for arm wrestling. <laughs> that is hilarious. Fancy catch up. No, you go to Chicago. Boom. Hey guys, let's start fancy catch up. And that, right. is that how and it we went? Did. Pretty much. Yeah. Tim Bennett should get credit for more or less driving the starting of the group. Uh huh. But yeah, after that, Pete Miranda helped in the very beginning until he realized that he had more pleasant places to be. And we had people who were in and out. Our friend Alex Bays was in the group for a little while. Oh, yeah, Alex Bays. I know yeah, that. Yeah, he now he writes uh, Weekend Update. Weekend and, uh, what? <laughs> Weekend Update on SNL. It's, uh, it's a show. Wait, Snull? Snull, yeah. Snull, it's a yeah. show on <laughs> Channel 4. Okay. It's a new show. Local? It just started, yeah. Okay. Um, and then we had a young lady in the group, Maria Carell, because we needed a, a woman yeah, sure. to play the woman's parts. We didn't want to do it uh, Monty Python or Kids in the Hall style. Because they've already ruined it for They've us. already ruined that, yeah. So now she, I'll tell you she a, was a in funny a thing while. about Maria Carell. Something happened in our group that I think has never happened in an improv group or a comedy group, which is that one of the members became absurdly obsessed with Maria and they what? Went, yes one yeah. of the guy members became yeah. obsessed one of the married guy members of the group one of the, one became of the, obsessed one with of the, the guys unmarried female me. one of the guys who was me became and and I've seen her since like she gave Wait, me one of the guy one. who was what me oh right <laughs> it was him yeah was it, was, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it Jim Bruce Paul was, it, was it Jim it was Jim yeah. Yeah. Jim was the guy okay. don't tell them it was me but it was me and okay. she she now uh, she she's in uh, like the professional touring company for Second City is what she does I was gonna say the professional touring of fancy ketchup <laughs> yeah. yeah wow you guys she's are awesome she's in the fancy ketchup that's how we make our money we, <laughs> just, we get residuals yeah, from yeah, there sure, sure. 
but she uh, and she's married now and stuff, and she seems we, we still keep in touch. She's with her quite little, hilarious. But, yeah, she was really yeah. funny, oh, and she great. it was funny because she always was pretty much kind of like because she gave it her all. Like she clearly knew I'm coming into this thing where these four guys have known each other forever, sure, and they're very tight. And she was very aggressive, like made it her own. She didn't. She wasn't bullied by us. No, nope. that's that's one of the reasons she I think stuck around as long as she did because she knew she knew how to handle herself and she gave as as good as she got and she wrote and she was funny until eventually she said i am over this now thank you very much guys. i'm too funny for you guys I'm exactly leaving. well she it was it was clear she said these guys are holding me back and uh, I, <laughs> nothing could be more true right and she eventually because she was big in second city and sometimes it, it, with second city you either stay there forever and nothing ever happens sure or you you get big and get discovered or whatever, and it was clear she said, "I think I got to give this Second City thing all my attention," mm-hmm. and it worked out for her. Like I said, she's in a tour, she's been in a touring company forever, so she does pretty well. You go on her Facebook page; there's a bunch of pictures of all the places she's been, you know, right, doing right. doing improv and stuff. Where she had a bar in Flagstaff, Arizona. That's my question. Yeah, that's true. She never. Yeah. She was never in uh, Marie Valeriano's uh, back room, ex gym slash hangout. <laughs> it's a, it's a podcast studio. Oh, okay. And uh, it it's just because there's some gym equipment that have dust on it doesn't mean that she never sat in one of those awesome white chairs. No, I'll say that. Don't even look at it, buddy. <laughs> that's when I was sponsored by Rite Aid. <laughs> so Rite Aid furniture, fancy ketchup blows up in Chicago. <laughs> We're huge, huge. There now, was, that a, was a, what year was this, by the way? I didn't even. It was the 90s. Early, early 90s. So early there were 90s. still like Zanies, Funny Firms still yeah. there. Yeah, Zanies And we was, were getting paid to be there. there. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we would perform. And, and there, there was tons. There was, of course, Second City and Improv Olympic was uh, sure. was big there. And Del Close was teaching there. And uh, and a bunch of other. And just like everybody had a comedy group. you know. And if you were working, if you were studying at Second City, you started your own group. And I do sometimes think, I don't know if you ever think this, Paul, but sometimes I think we left Chicago too soon. And the, only in this sense, we had gotten to the point where we could get booked at comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. We were getting booked at colleges. The, the improv. We, we did yeah. shows at the improv. Where was the improv Chicago. then at that time? Uh, I want to say it was state because it was definitely downtown. It yeah. was it was right in the heart of downtown. Now it's in Schaumburg. It's like a ha- half hour out of mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah, I remember when they they went bankrupt shortly after we left because they. I remember when they 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 shortened their shows. Like they eventually went to one show on Saturday. And it had nothing to do with show money. I remember there was some manager who was doing something with the books that caused Probably. problems. That's you know what I, I was talking to somebody about a club called Rascals in Jersey. There was a club called Wits End outside of Denver that just went under, and it's all it's always well this guy who was doing the bookkeeping and yeah because yeah. you you look at the people in the audience and they're obviously dumping money into the place. You know I you'll be to like B and C rooms and they're making plenty of money and sure. in fact. Some of the BNC rooms do good forever because the people running them are just like, they're like working hard to make sure the place runs. Yeah, yeah. But every now and then, one of those nice clubs gets just the guy who's a shit bag who just kind of just bleeds it dry. And then suddenly, no matter how good the comedy was and all the audience members and all the drinks you sold, goodbye. And the lack of money you're paying the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter how comics. little you're paying the comics. What? What? And to bring it back to the Beatles, uh, <laughs> for some reason, what was your guys's "Let It Be" moment? 
the one where oh. Jim Bruce would walk in through the back door for rehearsal, and 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 uh, 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 Paul Goebel would say, "I'm not, I'm not coming in if Graham Elwood's girlfriend is in the fucking rehearsal <laughs> thing," and and then. Um, whoever well, whoever would be Ringo would sit in the corner and learn how to play. Uh, well, that would have that pinnacle. that had to happen out here in L.A. Because oh, you guys came as fancy. Yeah, we moved yeah. as fancy okay. ketchup. So to, you moved to, to Ca- you moved to L.A. Because yeah, I'm really dumbing it down for my audience here. I don't know why <laughs> we moved to L.A. And <laughs> did you take Gra- Route 80? The, what did you take Route 80? I don't remember. Graham and Jim and I all drove together. Yeah, and did you go Route 80 then down through California? Or did you I go think so. Like, yeah. Or did you go 15? We went up. Yeah, we went. We went the northern route in the summer. Went through Utah. I remember that. Well, wait a minute. You know what? I could tell you what time of year it was. What time of year is right before the NBA starts? Oh, I don't. You, I don't fucking. Um, yeah. Because the only reason I this know, is a room full of comedians. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why I know. Well. From Chicago too, because here's how I how I know that for sure. We were on the road, paying for a hotel with Grandma Wood's fake credit card. Well, yeah, it was expired credit card. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 what? It was. It was. You he, could still do that back. He then. had, you know, back then when they would run your the card chunk chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had an expired station. card that right. didn't work anymore. Maybe it was just canceled, and so we paid for the room with that. Because of course, by the time it came back, that this card is no good. We were long gone. So, Mr. so if there's Mr. still somebody fucking holier than thou, Graham Elwood's <laughs> fucking cheating at hotel room. <laughs> I can't. I call him tomorrow. Yes. Granted, this is this is a long, long time ago. We were very different people then. But Graham was that's, a heroin and beating women. I that's one of the reasons Graham <laughs> is the way he is today. Because because of all the awful things he no, did as a young man. We're giving shit to Graham. We love Graham. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we, we, I remember when we were on the road, the OJ verdict came down. Okay, so we're we, looking at 94. And yeah. the Bulls just acquired Rodman. Right, and the Bulls just signed Like we heard Rodman. it on the radio. So and the three of us drove out together to while Tim drove out with his uh, wife that he had just married. Ooh. So the three of us, and Jim and I were already married at the time. Yeah, and we, we left our wives back in Chicago, and that was very difficult. And Graham was the I'm only sure. single one, so Graham and Jim and I moved into an apartment together. It was a two bedroom. Jim and I shared a room since we weren't going to have any ladies over. Graham had his own room, and this <laughs> I remember when we first moved in. It was because, of course, when you move in, it's all fun and games. It's, sure, hey, yeah, three yeah. Guys, we're bachelors. We're, we're we going to sit any, on a refrigerator for yeah, a while. We yeah, don't yeah. have any money. We're all dumb. Like, I remember one night, Jim and I just sat around singing our own parodies of that Alanis Morissette song. Right. And I would be like, oh, here, I got one. I'm dumb and I'm stupid. I'm retarded. My name's Jim Bruce. Right. I love to have sex with men. Yeah. And for Jim's like, hours. oh. I got one, and we're just going back and forth, doing that for hours. I have a question: What fucking Alanis Morissette song is that? I didn't recognize that at all. What is it? And and everything's gonna be just fine, yeah. fine, fine. Yeah. I don't know. It's off her first record. That's all I know. <laughs> it's, it's off of Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Oh, everything's really? It's gonna be fine. I got one hand in my pocket, and the other one's making a peace sign. Okay, well, yeah, I think that, that was off her second album. No, no it's Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, I think it was Jagged That was like her third single. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But okay. one of the greatest things that ever happened is when we first moved in. You know, we had mattresses on the floor, sure. and Graham had this robe that he liked to wear, and it was like an old flannel robe that made him look like an old man. So he put that on and put his sandals on, and he'd walk around the house like he was Hugh Hefner. And so we're trying to raise, we're trying to make money, working jobs, sure. whatever. And I'm like, I have to go to bed. I have to get up and try to find a job tomorrow. So go away so I can go to bed. 
So I get in bed and Graham comes into our bedroom. Hey, what are you guys doing? And just bothering us. <laughs> I could totally see him doing and, that. <laughs> and he gets in bed, like lays on my bed. And I'm like, could you please go away? I need to go to sleep. And then Jim goes, oh, I got to go to bed too. He gets in the bed. So the three of us are in the bed together. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. But I, and I was starting to get mad. But I knew it was one of those things. The more you get mad, the worse, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. The worse it's going to get. So Older said, brother Fine. syndrome. I'm going to go to sleep. I will ignore you guys. And I went to sleep. And I guess eventually everybody went to sleep and was sleeping there in the bed. And I remember in the morning, correct me if I'm right, if I'm wrong, Jim, but in the morning I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? Everybody's still in this bed. And I was like, you guys get out of here. And we woke up and Jim's like, that was fucking crazy. I had the weirdest dream that someone was jerking me off. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I and I go, yeah. and I go, what? I had the exact same dream. And I go, Graham, what did you dream? And he goes, I had a dream I was skiing. That's right. <laughs> I remember that. I do. I remember that. That is the thing that actually happened. <laughs> you remember? I remember. That yeah. Oh fuck, that was good. You fucking good idiots. <laughs> you morons. By the way, that oh, was man, that happened. Great. That's a. I not that we made that up, but <laughs> tricking somebody into listening For to that. Fucking forty minutes. You you, that was the whole setup for that goddamn joke? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I'm so glad I got to do that. We knew oh, a guy, though. We knew a guy in Tucson. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not done. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Here oh, I am. Just awesome. fucking like oh, fish hooked right into that goddamn story. And as soon as you said jerking off, I'm like, oh, Christ, I can't believe this. Oh, Fancy great. ketchup never existed, did it? Nah, no, whole, no. The whole thing. No. Whole thing. You're this, not even from Arizona. You don't even have a podcast. I fooled you into thinking you have a podcast. <laughs> so I could tell that story. Oh, <laughs> there isn't even an internet. The internet doesn't exist. You're talking I, into a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your house. This is not your beautiful wife. Oh, that was... <laughs> that joke, by the way. Which My is, hat's off to you guys on that one. Oh, that was amazing. I loved We've that loved that joke ever since... There was an <sighs> idiot stand-up comic in Tucson who would tell that as part of his act. Now, oh, really? The yeah, kind, he would you tell know, that joke on stage. You know how many like road, co- a lot of the road comics will who are terrible, not the good ones, because sure. there's many good ones who will go, "Here's a take-home joke," and what that means is, "Here's a joke they printed in Playboy one time." <laughs> yeah, right? here's something I never wrote. Yeah, here's something I couldn't. Here's something because I couldn't come up with a closer. Right. Yeah. So I'm five minutes short on time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm not going to say that guy's name because he still does stand up and he's out here in LA now. But <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, to catch up. So we were living together. Yeah. So can we actually find out how uh, Fancy Ketchup actually uh, broke up? I'm and and to, if the story you. starts with knock knock, I'm fucking. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I will tell you part of the motivation. And if it's too personal, I understand. No, no, I know I, you guys are all still friends. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're super solid. But I will tell That's you good, a couple things. My old sketch partner and I haven't talked in 10, 15 years. Yeah. Hey, there's <laughs> there were rough times when we were certainly less communicative with each sure. other. And But my recollection is there were a couple of things at play, one of which is that Graham just started to get game shows and making money. Did he get him that quickly since you guys? He, relatively speaking. Because I met him just as he got his first one. Which was strip poker? It was either strip poker. It must have been strip poker. Yeah, strip yeah, poker yeah. was the first gig he got. Well, it was, the thing is, I think it wasn't so much that he got the gig. It was he the potential was there. Like he started going out on auditions sure. and seeing, oh, no, this is a real thing that could happen. I could have a career doing this. As opposed to fucking around with these idiots. Now, but but here the nitty gritty goes like this: We lived together in an apartment, and Paul and Graham would get in 
every now and then they and by every now and then probably once every day mm-hmm. <laughs> would get into an unbelievably stupid argument that would ex- would go to yelling. Paul and Graham. Yeah, and okay. threats of violence sure, sure. and all of this stupid stuff. One time over the remote for a Nintendo, the old system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there would be these gigantic fights to the point that one time we were walking to the car and we were going to go get something to eat and they're yelling and yelling and yelling and being stupid and being fucking dumb and they look around and the only thing that apparently ends the fight is they realize... I'm long gone because I decided fuck this. And I just went and did something else because, and that's how stupid the fight was and ridiculous. They didn't even notice that I'd left because they were too busy being stupid to each other just because both of them are kind of alpha male guys and they, and nobody was happy. Right. And that's understandable. And then, so I think that played a part in that there was a time when Paul and Graham just weren't getting along and that's happens. But then the other thing that happened was, I know that my part of it was I could come up with a lot of brilliant ideas. I just could. But uh, the other thing that I could do is not follow through on shit. So you had these other three guys who liked my ideas and loved my comedy, but the fact that for a very long time I wasn't willing to or able to put in some of the work could be frustrating. Sure. And Tim is just insane. I love Tim to death. I think Tim's part in it is just that he's a nut job and he needed to go be a nut job. Sure. And then he was in a marriage that was sort of poisonous. And then I think the really what happened was you did a show. We did a couple shows in LA that were huge in for us at the time, you know, big reception, blah, blah, blah. And then shows after that, that were less huge. Mm -hmm. And we're like, ah, See, we kind of expected them to be more. Sure. And then you do another show. And then I remember for me, the end of it was we're having a meeting, deciding what to do. And what I really want to do is create some new material because I kind of always want to do that. That's like what I like to do is create new material. And the guys are sort of headset on like putting together another kick ass best of. And I'm kind of thinking, I think our best of is kind of worn out. Mm hmm. And the bottom line is nobody at that point wanted to do the work. And Graham for be, does the right thing and focuses on a career that's starting to work. Sure. And really, without any one member leaves, there's no fancy catch-up. Because at that point, it's four guys anyway. Right, right. Three guys sketch comedies, very rarely any good. <laughs> um but really, it's just other. And Paul gets TV. You know, Paul's doing well. In TV. Yeah, and I start. I started getting acting gigs and commercials and stuff like that. And so it became there was less reason to do it. Sure, and it sure. Became less fun, and it just it wasn't like a, a. It was almost like the Let It Be, where just people stopped showing up and people sure. stopped yeah, caring. It ground to a halt. We Phil never Spector had, a had to big, come in and finish our you know, sketch. We well, never had which, a big by the way, breakup. I liked his version of Let It Be, by the way. I that, did that too. Paul re- reissue. I'm not a big fan. Not a fan. Go on, I'm Paul, sorry. I agree because what Paul was trying to do was create something that didn't exist because what he wanted to do was create what the Beatles meant to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. guess what? That's not on tape anywhere. Yeah, that's why they had to bring in the wall of sound. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. But anyway, please. so uh, we never had a big blow up in that sense. Sure. We had I don't a lot know if of. Ever have the blow up, but who has the because the Beatles didn't really have the blow up either. Right. I mean, I don't, and I'm thinking back on my uh, although it got phase. really uh, acrimonious, the things like 
that's Lennon, a, of that's course. That's a big word. I'm, I'm a big man. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> on John, well, I think it was John's first solo album, or maybe his second. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a song that's basically a fuck you, Paul song. How do you sleep? How do you yeah, sleep? Yeah, and Paul McCartney did the same thing. Sure, sure. And but Ringo Starr made a song about stars. <laughs> but yeah, there was no, it wasn't a big, <laughs> it wasn't a big blowout so much. It was just disinterest and just, you know, we were like, nah, never mind. Let's, uh, you know, things are going, you know, eventually our wives moved out and we right. moved in they with them. They ruin everything. <laughs> right? They ruin everything. Women ruin everything. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I can say that because I'm no longer married to that woman. Right. So with Jim, however, is still married I mean, l- legally. Well, all right. Yeah, there's this sense in which I'm married. <laughs> yes. All right, I think I think this is what happened in the f- podcast I did with I you think guys. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Where it went when you did my show. So I, ha- I I have to ask Mr. Paul Goebel mm-hmm. how you became the king of TV. Well, uh, this was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always loved television, and I've sure. always watched a lot of television. Who doesn't? Lo- I love television, right? And guys our age grew up with television like we came of age you're older than me okay we came (laughs) we came of age when television came of age sesame street premiered the year i was born what year was that 1968 you are older than me okay and so really 68 yeah okay and um and so you know my generation was the first generation who could be put in front of the tv and watch things Mm -hmm. that were good for us like sesame street or mr rogers or the electric company whatever and vegetable soup Exactly. Oh, you vegetable soup? Yeah, I do. Yeah, not a lot of people know vegetable soup. And my family also enjoyed watching TV as a family. We mm-hmm. would sit and eat dinner and watch TV, you know, uh, watch uh, cop shows, whatever. We were like the first house on my block to get cable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were part of that generation. So I would just, and I thought it was interesting and the, the minutia of TV, whatever. And I just grew up knowing that stuff. And then, uh, one day, uh, there was this DJ in Chicago named Jonathan Brandmeier. Who was, Johnny B. Yeah, he was on the hu- loop. hugely popular. He, he was Chicago. so hugely yeah. popular, I've been to Chicago once in my life, and I know Johnny B. <laughs> yeah, he was like I the remember, Howard he Stern. A, yeah, yeah. No, he was great. Johnny yeah. B. from the loop. He, was, he, he was still huge. is around, isn't he? Um, he doesn't do... I don't. He might still be on in the Midwest, but I remember for a while he was I out think here. I think he's on XM or Sirius now. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, But he was huge, and so I'd listen to him. And um, he had one day he had this woman on, who's who called herself the queen of TV, mm-hmm. and she had had a little article in Entertainment Weekly about her, and she was like she had published some magazine and they called her the queen of TV because she knew all about television. But she said she didn't really know anything past the seventies, fifties and sixties, and I thought, well, that's not that impressive. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of trivia there, but there was only four channels, right? You know, when you're talking about the 70s and the 80s, that's when TV blew up, you know, sure. with cable and HBO and things like that. And I, I sent him a fax and I said, that woman sucks. She's no good. Get me on your show. I'll blow her out of the water. And so he had us both on and we insulted each other. We went back and forth and we answered trivia questions and she hated me and I hated her. And it was great radio. And Johnny B thought it was the funniest thing ever. So he kept having me on. Okay. And so I, I, I basically turned it into an act. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm the king of TV. I'll answer your trivia questions. And I, and I started doing it in stand-up. Mm-hmm. And it became, it became like a whole act. 
And uh, and then and when we moved out here, I continued to do that. Worked that's the woman you. For a that's long the time. woman you married, right? Yes, and that yeah, was my wife. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, you moved out but then uh, I did it. You know, when I was uh, I was a regular at the comedy store, I would do it there. What years were you at the store? Um, it was shortly after we moved out here because I was also a Tom Jones impersonator, <laughs> and uh, I would just sing Tom Jones songs. It was um, such a funny thing what Paul was would do. Fun. It start and actually, by the way, just to add a little background. King of TV started in Fancy Ketchup. Yeah, we Beca- did it as part of Fancy because, Ketchup. And it uh, would, because, don't, Paul? Don't bring that anger into this conversation. <laughs> you got the anger out earlier on Fancy Ketchup. <laughs> you don't need to bring it into this. But uh, he started in in Fancy Ketchup. We would do this thing. And I liked whenever... One, things we would do that were close to brilliant were we would do things that were Kaufman-esque. Sure. That, like, one day we did a show that was dedicated to a former member who had passed away, and we were just performing sketches that he had written, and we had a picture of him, and so many people were suckered. That person, sure. of course, didn't exist. I love it. I love um, it. Yeah, we would do I shit like it. that all But the, the Tom time. Jones thing, the way that it worked was you would go, ah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even do this, but what a great opportunity, guys. Just a surprise appearance. <laughs> I don't know why he's here, but please give it up. For Tom Jones. And then the music would start, and Paul doing nothing resembling an impression <laughs> other than a wig that didn't really resemble his hair that much. It I was, didn't look anything like him, and I c- maybe sounded a little like him, but I was singing. And, <laughs> and you I weren't remember, even trying to sound like him. No, you were just I was singing. just trying to sound good. And I remember the best the best uh, uh, compliment I ever got. I did it out here once at this show, and this woman said to me, you know, when I watched you, I watched you the first time. I thought this guy's just lip syncing. Uh, it's not unusual. What kind of fucking act is this? And then she said, <laughs> "But then I realized you weren't lip syncing." And I said, "Oh well, that's quite the compliment. You thought I was lip syncing Tom Jones, and I was actually singing because I would come out and I would sing and I'd do a little dance, <laughs> and it was all just. I think the mainly re- the reason people enjoyed it was because of the novelty, sure. and because people really do enjoy Tom Jones. Sure, but I did. I mean, you know, I was this fat guy in a big curly fro wig singing Tom Jones. It's and they funny. Were like, that's crazy. Uh, I have the music to. Uh, it's not unusual hooked up to my computer so if you care to care to sing I oh can come swipe. on let's do that no i don't have it i wish i did I wish I would <laughs> yeah. i'll tell you something i'll tell you that so now i'm telling paul's stories but i have to sorry we've been telling graham stories all for the last yeah. half hour yeah why not? <laughs> Remember how graham hated paul um, <laughs> if you had your own stories it wouldn't happen yeah i'm not do gonna, something interesting no uh, uh t- i'm going on the record by saying jim does something very interesting on the stage every time i see him thank you i seriously you're you're Thank you. I'm you mean, very when he cries and runs off. <laughs> no, I'm very happy with where my stand-up's going, and we can talk about that in a bit. But I have to tell you really quick what I loved about the whole Tom Jones thing, because as I watched it, he's my buddy doing these gigs, sure, sure. and he starts working the store. But he starts getting locked into this ridiculous act, and then the thing that happened was he's like, he goes there and he does five minutes or whatever, and they go, "Can you do ten minutes?" And he's like. I guess I could do a second song. <laughs> yeah. So he does. And he has to figure out a way to make That's the second the song whole act. Yeah. funny. But like, how could I? Because so he has to come up with business, which he does because sure. yeah, yeah. he's a funny dude. And then at some point they're like, well, we need you to do 20 minutes. And you're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah I can do four like they songs. They didn't understand what my act was. And I was like, you realize all I'm doing is singing Tom Jones songs. Are you saying you want me to just sing more Tom Jones songs? <laughs> hey, do a I can do an hour. I'll do it if that's what you want. But I don't think people are going to want to sit through that. It, it that honestly long. is as if you had an act. Let's say your act was knock, knock, who's there interrupting Cal. And then people right. go, I love that. 
10 minutes of that. (laughs) Okay. It was so funny. Interrupting Cal again. (laughs) I did it for, because I did it one night at, uh, and Mitzi was there and she fell in love with it. She thought it was the funniest thing ever. So she was like, I want you to come back and do it again. And she booked me in the La Jolla room and she loved it. But eventually I was like, I can't can't keep doing this. Because there were times when people hated it. There were times when people thought it was funny at first and then went, Please do something else. And if we're if I, God, telling, do something else. A little out of school telling this telling this on you, but I always do this anyway. The truth is, Paul sometimes can be surprisingly, and I guess a lot of comics are like this. Like I can be like this, where he'll get embarrassed by something, and I'll think we're comics. How can we get embarrassed by anything? And what yeah. it was was like guys that he respects. And, you know, like like Jimmy Pardo, for example, sure. a hilarious comedian who said, well, that's funny, but it's not stand up. You're not doing stand up. And like, I know that hurt inside. Right. We kind of got in an argument about it. I mean, this is and of course, this is a million years ago. And you know, Pardo from Chicago, obviously. You're right. We, yeah, yeah sure. we met there. In Tucson, and I thought, he was in. And I remember thinking. Oh, it was Pardo from Tucson? Yep. No, no, I'm just being, no, no. Just being right. an uh-huh. And I remember we had we were at a poker game. And uh, and again, this is. Years ago, 15, 20 years ago. But he said, it's not really stand-up. And I said, what do you mean it's not stand-up? He goes, well, you're not really telling jokes. And I said, so Andy Kaufman's on a stand-up. Steve Martin's on a stand-up. They sang, and they didn't really tell jokes. And, 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 and the more I thought about it, the more I, I was like, how dare you? Who are you to decide who's, what is and isn't stand-up? But that kind of thing really bothered me. So then I phased that out. And I remember one night, Mitzi saw me not doing that. Sure. And was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? I hired you to be Tom Jones, right? And right. I stopped getting I stopped getting gigs. And I'm do you know who Jackson Purdue is? I know Jackson Purdue. So he he's an old school comic, old school. Yeah, and yeah. I worked with him at the La Jolla Club. It was me, him, and Tamayo Atsuki. I don't know if you remember her. She uh, was she uh, she sounds a, Italian. She was big in the uh, she was big in the seventies. <laughs> okay, but um, I do my thing, and and we're in the green room, and he goes, so uh, so Mitzi saw you do this. <laughs> and I go, yup. And he goes, and Mitzi wanted you to do this at this club. And I go, yes, I know it's hard to believe, but Mitzi is a big fan of this. And he goes, really? All right. And I thought, wow, he's not even pretending to be cool. He could not, he, he could not have cared less for what I do. And, and, and I did that all week long. And I was the opener. Sure. That was the other thing. I was like the opening act. So the, the, the doorman you know, goes up and does two minutes and introduces me. And people are like, what the fuck is this? I'm gonna do, I'll do an impression of something that used to enrage Paul whenever it happened. So you, know, you tell the guy how to, to introduce Paul. So I'll be the announcer who gets... Tom Jones. Really? The next act is Tom Jones? It's not unusual. Well, all right. People would do that every whenever they would see on my resume or whatever that I'm a Tom Jones person. That's they would every single person would go, "Tom Jones? It's not unusual." Oh, okay. Every single time they thought they were so funny by saying right. that. And sometimes they'd be like cuz at the comedy store back then they didn't have an MC. They would just the yeah, comic would it's still tag team as far as I still like that. Yeah. So when I was there, it was so anyway. they would go because I would always get there early to make sure I could talk to the person who was before me sure. and tell them this is what I do. Please introduce me this way. But sometimes I'd be late, and so the guy up there would go, "All right," and say to the piano player, "Who's next?" And the piano player would go, "Tom Jones." And he'd go, "What? Tom Jones?" 
It's not unusual. <laughs> no, probably not. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tom Jones. And then I would get up and do that. And I would think, you fucking asshole. Why did you do yeah, that? Yeah, because the magic to me is it doing the, well, part of it is doing the intro correctly. Like The best the best time that ever happened is Chris Tucker was on before me. Sure. And I get there and I go, oh my, and he was already, like, had done the Friday movies and shit. Mm-hmm. So he was a, a commodity. And I'm like, really? I got to go on after Chris Tucker at, you know, midnight on a Sunday? Really? And he was, and and I go, and he was clearly already drunk. But I'm like, here's what I want you to say. Just say, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tom Jones. He goes, all right, that's exactly what I'm going to say. And so then he gets up, and he killed. He was super funny, sure. and the audience loved him. And but then he goes, so who's next? And I was like, oh fuck, he has no idea. He doesn't remember that right, right, at right. all. And he totally ruined it. And they and all the people were there to see him. I remember Damon Wayans was in the audience, sure. and like I was like, are you kidding me? And eventually I stopped and I went, come on, Major Payne. Do you really hate me this much? It was a fucking bad night. There were a lot of nights like that at the comedy store. There are always nights like that at the comedy store. Yeah. I remember following Chris Tucker one night and he like broke the microphone to the extent of oh I did, couldn't use the microphone. Like Sweet. not only did he bend the stand and break, like, you know, you separate the microphone here. He right. bent the pegs that go from the wire into the microphone, like he stamped <laughs> on it, to where I was up there. The, I felt like I was doing, like, a, a corporate, you know. Yeah, you're giving uh, a speech. Yeah, giving a corporate speech. Oh, Jesus. But it was really funny. It was bad, really funny. Yeah, that was uh, bad times back then. I, I got kicked out of there in, like, 2000. I've never been back. It was weird. I mean, in the early days of going to those places, and uh, it was it was such a weird experience because you'd go there and see guys. I mean, first of all, as a young comic, just going to the comedy store is a legendary thing. Sure, sure. You see all the names on the walls, and you see. I remember when I, when I first met. I think the second night I performed for Mitzi, she's like, "Do you know my son, Paul?" Right, right. She introduces me to Paulie Shore, and I go, "Yes, I hate him." That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> but it was such a such almost a surreal experience. She's introducing me to the weasel, but then you see guys come in and guys go and like freddie soto at the time was a doorman there sure, yeah. you know the late freddie soto uh, and he, he's he, the first one who brought me on stage yeah wow. and he was and i remember yeah, thinking this guy's hilarious he's a doorman was he doing any being a doorman and then i watched him rise and then you'd see yeah i remember one time i saw carlos mencia and then that whole thing happened with him and joe rogan sure, and, sure. Then you, and then i'd sneak into the big room and watch guys like kippa dada yeah yeah and people no, like that and i and, you know these are guys i watched on make me laugh when i was a kid and it was such a strange surreal thing and I saw Jimmy Walker there one night with Bobby Van. <laughs> yes, the, or the, the, that make me laugh. Okay, yeah. was there with another Bobby one Van. before that? Well, there, I think there was an original one in the fifties. Okay, uh, Mark Cohen told me about it, who okay. eventually hosted Make Me Laugh on, on Comedy Central. But I saw Jimmy Walker there once. Me and Chip Chinnery went there together, and we watched. Chip went, uh, has been on the show, by the way. We went to the big room and watched Jimmy Walker, and he was really funny. And then years later, uh, he was a guest on Beat the Geeks. Okay, he, he came out like as a, as a celebrity guest, and they asked me. They go, "TV Geek, here's your question." I go, "Before I answer, I just want to say, Jimmy, years ago I saw you at the Comedy Store, and you were so funny that I could only describe that act with one word." Hilarious. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, thank you very much. He didn't get it. Didn't understand where I was going. Did, and I thought, Well, if nobody gets this, at least it was fun for me right. to say that. I would, uh, he was good. I would be, uh, I, I would kick myself if I did not uh, give you a, uh, a TV trivia question. Well, that's what I'm here for. Okay. That's I don't, what I, do. I, I, I just thought of it off the top of my head. Oh, good. Um, I was a big Gilligan's Island fan. Sure. Gilligan's Island. We all uh, were. Um, Three hours. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jim knows that yeah. one. Uh, Richard Donner got started directing yes, that. Yes, he did. Um, and Ida Lupino directed some episodes, too. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> yes, you do. Ida Lupino? Yeah, you don't know? She wrote, like, definitive books on acting uh, and uh, improv and I'm stuff like that. I'm a stand-up comedian. Okay. I'm a stand-up comedian. I heard, I, I've heard rumors about that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, a reoccurring guest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know which... He was on two episodes. Okay. Um, I don't know which came first and which came second, so I will say one character he played, and then you have to tell me the other character So it was an played. actor who played two different it characters. It was a guest ah. star. It was a guest star. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on one episode, and then I would say a couple seasons later, he was on another episode as a completely different okay. person. Uh, I'm going to go... I have to go with this character first. He was the surfer... Who caught a tidal wave? Mm-hmm. Really believable uh, <laughs> show, by the way. Yeah. Caught a tidal wave all the way from Hawaii to this island, and was the surfer, and was going to catch the uh, the wave back and tell right. everybody about him, and he didn't. And so they obviously didn't get saved. Then he returned as somebody else a few seasons later. Well, the actor was Denny Miller. Jesus Christ! That was the, the actor's name. He was actually married to Anne Francis, who played um, Honey West. Oh, really? In the early 50s, yes. Okay. Oh, wow. And then okay. his last acting gig was the Gorton's Fisherman. Oh, was he? I didn't know he was the Gorton's Fisherman. He was the God, Gorton's Fisherman in commercials better. later. But if you look him up, he was on a lot of those like 70s shows. And was he also in The shows. Party? Uh, I don't know what that is. The Party, uh, it was a movie with uh, 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 the great comic actor. Why am I blinking on his name right now? Dick Van Dyke. No, no, no. He was... Uh, the party, uh, 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 how I learned to, uh, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Uh, oh, Stanley Kubrick. But Stanley, no, the actor though, <laughs> Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. So, yeah, who's oh, the okay. party? With Peter. You never saw the party with Peter Sellers. I never Sellers? saw it. No. Jim Bruce, you ever see that? I love Peter Sellers. Brilliant. Wow. Okay. But I'm pretty he, sure that's the same guy. He did a lot of stuff in the seventies. Okay. But if you're talking about characters, he was later on. I remember the surfer guy. But I don't know which one came first. To be honest with you. Wait, was he in the Mosquitoes? No, okay. but that was going to be my second name, the Mosquitoes. The Mosquitoes so be... were actually played by the Wellingtons, which yeah. was a real band who did the theme to Gilligan's Island. Yes, very good. They were the band who did the theme to Gilligan's Island. What were the name of the Mosquitoes? Bingo, Bango, Bongo, and Irving. Nice. The drummer Irving. <laughs> um, but I, don't, I, don't, I honestly can't think of what other part he played. Oh, so nice you, job. I think you stumped Thank me. You, I, sir. I had every other piece Can of I information guess? Yeah, yeah. except that one. Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens on our show. And Jim Bruce week. wins the prize. And you want to know why I'm quitting my podcast? <laughs> That's why. That's why we're no longer doing that. Um, who who was it? Who did he Tonga play? Tonga the Ape Man. Oh, right. Oh, my goodness. Right. Because, you know, I always get that confused with Kurt Russell, who played... The Ape Boy. Ape Boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jungle Boy. You're, you're disappointed That's in That's funny. To, no, just thinking about the show and going, man, so they use that idea twice. <laughs> True. That's right. He was like Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, uh, man, I thank you so much for coming on the show. No, the what pleasure a, was what ours. A, what a great episode. What a, uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. We had a good time. And, you know, like I, like you mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, I'm wrapping up the Paul Goble show sure. after 300 plus episodes. Uh, and uh, the, the last big one will be at the uh, Bridgetown All right. Okay, are you going to Bridgetown? I am year? going to Bridgetown nice. at so this point. Oh, okay. So you might have to bail. Well, you're going too early then. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got hired to uh, write a pilot that starts on Monday, oh, well, and yeah. it kind of conflicts. I will 
It shoots in Chicago, coincidentally enough. Ah, did we tape the pilot in Chicago? So I, I might be there. in Chicago. But at this point, I am scheduled to go to Bridgetown, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Well, there. if listeners are going to be in Bridgetown, please come see us record the show there. We hopefully will get some big guests. At Murray Valeriano. In town. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can get him. Maybe. Um, but I then uh, I'll be doing a new, once we wrap up the Paul Goebel show, I'll be producing a new show called uh, Hey, Watch This, mm-hmm. which will be more about TV and less about comedy with my friend David Bax. We'll talk Great. more in depth about TV. And Jim is beginning a new podcast. Yeah, I'll be kicking off uh, Double Talk, which uh, talk show with Jim Bruce where I interview a comic and then I also interview the comic a second time with a fake name and a character bio that he only hears the day of the show. Oh, that sounds great. And we improvise a character. Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like one of the ideas just is the uh, owner of the only five-star hot dog cart in Beverly Hills. Like that's an <laughs> idea, like those kind of things. So it's all ours is going to be semi-scripted and completely just pure comedy, whereas sure. his will be all trivia and very cool, informative stuff. Critiques. And of if TV I may say, because we didn't yes. talk about it much, but the stand-up you've seen me do, like back oh, in yeah. the day, I did very silly stand-up, and sure. I still do some silly stand-up. But at some point, my stand took a very cool dark turn very dark where i i do talk about like i'll talk about my brother's suicide for example sure. well, hilarious. hilarious my mother's <laughs> uh, stuff that's happened to me but uh, the funniest thing that ever happened i did that at the improv one night and mm-hmm. a woman after the show goes you're really funny but you're very sad right which i thought was just i was like ah that should be yes. on my fucking bio the answer is but anyway yes. just to plug a little bit i'm doing a kickstarter for awesome. a comedy central not comedy central but a comedy special <laughs> of my own called um jim bruce i'm dying as fast as i can it's on kickstarter um and the idea is it's going to be three cameras it's going to be recorded properly in front of the right audience and the premise is what if you could do your own eulogy You'd finally get to say what people should say about you. So that's and so funny. People will be in it. And if you want to learn more about that, you can follow us on the Twitter. Absolutely. I am at Paul Goebel Show. I am Comic Jim Bruce. At Comic Jim Bruce. And do, if you've never listened to the Paul Goebel Show before, I'm pretty, in a way, kind of sad that it's ending because, you know, Paul's my best friend. We've been friends for a long time. We've endured a lot of nonsense together. But I'm also kind of. <laughs> Happy that it's wrapping up in the sense that I do think that we're leaving on a pretty high note. And Paul's show, I'm excited about that. But check no, out a great the Paul Goebel show. After 340 Jeez, episodes. Will we hit 350, by the way? Uh, well, I'm trying to think. We're like 342. So uh, three, four, five, six, probably. We'll be just shy of 350. But then again, that's all arbitrary anyways, considering the way we numbered the shows. Well, I think our last... Sign off show, and we need to number it the missing. Just one. make it three fifty. Make it that missing number. Oh yeah, when because there was a time or when we skipped. A. We skipped from forty eight to right on to fifty. I was in such a bad mood. I said, "We're not doing number forty nine. Next week will be fifty. So there never was an episode forty nine. For maybe reason. that'll be that the makes, last episode. <laughs> <laughs> that makes zero sense. Yep, okay. that's a lot of that's pretty much sums up our show. Um, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for stretching while I ran off to pee. <laughs> thank you. I thought you were going to get T-shirts. I'm very disappointed. No, no, I'll get the T-shirt. Oh, look, I'll open it up right you now so I don't forget. The closet of T-shirts nice. and yoga balls. Um, <laughs> and so baby chairs. Bridgetown, check them out. Um, I'll be up there at this point. Check out the uh, 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 shows we'll be doing. We can, uh, Jim Bruce, do you have a website? Where can we follow you? Yeah, Comic Jim, uh, Comic Jim Bruce. Okay, great. And mine is uh, thetkingoftv.com. Okay, I'm an idiot. That's my Twitter. It's jimbrucecomedy.com. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's start this over again. 
uh, website? JimBruceComedy.com. Okay, great. And we can get all your dates and everything there. Absolutely. And awesome, awesome. And Paul, where can we catch the your... TheKingOfTV.com. The King of TV. Well, TheKingOfDV.com, who was uh, dethroned tonight. Yes, I, I was dethroned. I'm going to sell the website. I'm going to <laughs> let, I'm going to let that lapse tomorrow, and I and, will no uh, longer be... Twitter, Jim Bruce. Uh, Comic Jim Bruce. Comic Jim Bruce. Twitter. I am Paul Goebel Show. Awesome. Hey, um, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, I still have a few of the old T-shirts left before I do the re uh, the new logo. So if you want to hit those, you can get those at the store at murrayvalerio.com. Also has my dates, like uh, we talked uh, before. Um, uh, Bridgetown will be up. I also got uh, a week at Irvine uh, in coming up in, where are we? The January? guy from the Mosquitoes? Irvine Where are we? March, April We're at the end of March That'll be in April And uh, since my pi- that pilot I got signed on to uh, Shoots in Chicago I'll probably pop in at the improv over there I know I've got a bunch of listeners in Chicago Nice um, And uh, that is it Alright guys, thank you so much for coming in uh, Check out these guys' Thanks podcasts Check out these guys live uh, They're very funny And I thank you very much for coming on the show Thank, thank you, you Murray Thanks All for right. having us Have a great night Thanks for listening Good night You want to know Life on the road. It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great at bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.